Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. I'm speaking to you from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey. Absolutely delighted to have this opportunity to introduce all of you to Maggie Gannon, who is a board-certified adult gerontology clinical nurse specialist and the CEO co-founder of Haven, the all-in-one under one roof space for legacy preservation. Maggie will be speaking with me today from Broomfield, Colorado. (laughs) After taking care of head and neck cancer patients for over 25 years, and with her own history of death and loss, Maggie created Haven, a customer-focused company built from the ground up to give the dying a voice. This digital end-of-life platform compassionately helps the dying person and his or her family along with the companies and agencies that serve them to successfully navigate the end of life. I'm looking forward to talking with Maggie about her meaningful personal story, her mission, the current quality of life for people nearing the end of life, and the resources surrounding end of life planning and caring. This is surely going to be a powerful, very helpful interview about living life with purpose until your last dying breath. <laughs> Hi, Maggie. A Hi, Irene. Heartfelt welcome to Grief and Rebirth Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure and it's a privilege to be a guest. I feel so honored and um, I'm just really happy to be here. I'm just happy to know you. You're lovely. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and knowing what you're doing and then and, and be able to tell people about what you're doing, which is so important. So let's begin with this question. What the heck is a board certified adult gerontology clinical nurse specialist? What exactly do you do? That's a lot. (laughs) It is a mouthful. Um, So um, an adult gerontology clinical nurse specialist is one of the advanced practice roles of nursing. And it's a little bit like the nurse practitioner role in that A clinical nurse specialist can provide direct care to patients, but it has a lot of other skill sets intertwined within this role. And we are trained to bring clinical evidence-based science to help improve quality of life processes around the bedside, to help nurses do what they do better, to help patients have a safe journey through the hospital. Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you're, you have such a very meaningful personal story about your sister and what you call her blanket of denial, which is one of your primary inspirations for creating what you do, which is called ha- Haven. Would you like to share your story with us? Sure. Um, I wrote an illness narrative describing the vigil that was held for my sister the night before she died. 
Um, and for those of you who don't know what an illness narrative is, it's a way to make sense out of traumatic events that don't seem to make sense at the time. So an illness narrative is a way to heal by writing about an experience. Um, so this was a very profound experience for me when she died. And it helped me to come to terms with her death and accept the powerless of the situation. Um, my sister died from cancer. And during the course of her illness, she was unable to come to terms with her own mortality. And she was unable to acknowledge, you know, that elephant in the room, death and dying. And for my sister, there was an intense amount of fear and denial around her perception of her illness and death. And there was no way for anybody to broach its subject with her. And just like death and dying, you know, you ignore it, but it's still there. So with her, it's like, she just continued to ignore it. And at the end of the day, she didn't die well. Um, there was no closure. There was no necessary conversations around death and dying. And we never really even had to talk about like a chance to talk about the practical things. And what I wanted most and everybody else in my family was to ease her pain and suffering. And this really could have been accomplished if we had the opportunity just really to discuss how she was feeling, like what was her perception of death? What feelings would come up for her? And just and also maybe it. discuss your feelings too, would you think? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, the more people talk about the subject, it not only helps the person who's experiencing, you know, the illness or the terminal illness, but it helps everybody else with grief and closure. Um, so, you know, just by broaching the subject, it would have helped us like to chip away at it so she could find some acceptance and some peace. Um, and really, like to your point, Irene, it would have helped all of us find grieving and closure in a more healthy way than when it did happen because nobody knew that it was going to happen because she wasn't truthful about where she was in her, her, in her illness trajectory. And that was a very, it, it, it was really profoundly sad for me, not only as her sister, but as a nurse. Um, and I realized that something has to be done with how our culture views death and dying. And I just didn't want this experience to ever happen to anyone else again. My God. So let me ask you, had you had Haven for yourself and had your sister been open to that? How would it have been a little, how would it have been different? Oh, it, it would have, it would have changed everything. Um, because, you know, we, she would have been able, instead of being paralyzed by fear, it would have put her in a situation where she could have accepted that, you know what, um, I'm going to die someday. Death is part of life. And I'm going to honor this last chapter of my life. And it would have given her choices around, you know, like, this is what I want my death to look like. And here are the things that I would like to say, you know, that I've never been able to say before. And it would have helped us all just to heal in a different way.
Right. And then you guys probably through your process could have also expressed yourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because uh-huh. that's such a powerful, just to have that conversation is so powerful and it's so healing, you know, to look at somebody and say, you know what, thank you for being in my life. It's, it, I can't find the words to say how important that is. Right. And let me ask you just one other thing around that. So it can happen while they're dying, but it can also be what people do to be kept till after the person dies, right? To give them closure if they're uncomfortable discussing it or addressing it um, full frontal, it can still be a way to address it. Yes, absolutely. I think that's so important. So the mission of Haven is to improve the quality of people's lives by changing how they think about death. So how do we all need to change the way we think about death? Um, Well, that's a good question. Really like learning to find acceptance, you know, that death is part of life and then, you know, learning how to coexist with our own mortality of knowing that the elephant's in the room, but I'm okay with that. Um, By bringing it to the surface, we're really able to talk about, you know, and prepare for certain aspects of it. And by doing this, we're giving it a deeper sense of love and honor Um, and this is a way that we can, you know, make a feared experience, something more meaningful and peaceful when the time comes. And in this way, we're setting ourselves up to die well with reverence and respect to that natural part of our life cycle, which is called death. It sounds like you're replacing fear with acceptance. Yes. And acceptance is the answer to all of our problems. (laughs) (laughs) So. Why would someone's story in the form of a self-written obituary be the heart and soul of any legacy? And in what ways do you help people create their stories? Like if a person's like at a loss for words or they don't know how they want to express this? Well, those are good questions. So the first part of the question, um, you know, why is it the heart and soul? Like why would somebody's story encompass the heart and soul of their legacy? if you think about it, like everybody, regardless of what our walk in life is, um, who we are, where we've been, we're all uniquely different. We're all special and we bring our own magic into life, right? Um, and we leave a footprint and that footprint encompasses our legacy. So by writing our own story, people can gain a clear sense of self. They can remember like, how I had an impact in my life and that impact, that footprint encapsulates their legacy. And oftentimes because we don't deal with, you know, end of life and our, we don't accept death and dying. So we're not preparing for it. We rely on everybody else or somebody else when they're feeling shell shock to write our obituary. And that's a big miss because there's a big chance that they won't, that person is not going to be able to really capture the entirety of you and that footprint that you created and all the lives you've touched because they only know a portion of you. Like they, they know, know the portion that's related to them. Mostly. Right. 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 Um, and do you all, if a person says, I'm not good at writing or I'm so sick or I don't know what to say, do you help them like to kind of craft it? Yes. So, um, what we do is we lead 
we lead the um, user or the member through seven easy steps and there's a writing center. So they're able to um, do some life writing and they have a life review kiosk that they can select seven different categories to choose from to really get the conversation starting. So think of it like a conversation and they can say, oh, let's talk about my ancestry and family today. So there's a lot of prompts to get people to remember what resonates the most with them and then they can start writing about it. I think it's wonderful. I, in, in fact, I, I lost my mother. My mother passed about two years ago. That would, would have been a wonderful Sorry. thing to have for her. Oh, thank you. But it would have been a wonderful thing because she would have had a lot to say about her life that I, I eulogized her, but I'm sure that there were parts I, I did not know, you know? It's not well, like, I'm sure it was a beautiful eulogy. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It, was it, it really was very heartfelt. But you know, I, I, it's a great idea. So, Maggie, please share some of the wonderful legacy resources you have lined up for seniors, caregivers, funeral pre-planners, obituary writers, and more. Um, we have a lot of resources that we created um, for all of these people's people in this end of life profession to really help their clients. Um, some of the features on our website, um, include, you know, unlimited photos. They have unlimited space to write their story. There's a writing center with a life review kiosk. Uh, they can choose a charity to donate to in their memory. Oh, that's and awesome. most recently, yeah. And, but in most recently we added something called a living legacy letter. And this is a really profound way to share, you know, last messages and hopes and dreams and wishes with people in your life that you love. And you can actually share the letter with everybody before you die. And that's very helpful for relationships. Um, or you can just choose to send these letters after death. I think that's beautiful. I think that's wonderful. Thank you. So, so tell me other experiences in your life that have inspired you to create Haven. Wow, there have been a lot. Um, mostly I can say that, you know, as a nurse with, you know, I worked with head and neck cancer patients for over 25 years. I know about death and I know about dying. And when I think about where we are today with how our culture views death and dying, we are in big, big trouble. Um, nobody wants to acknowledge the elephant in the room even though it's happening all around them, death's happening, you know, it's just, we just have the tendency to just to push it away and kind of just ignore it. And, you know, prior to the pandemic, there's, there were 90 million Americans with serious illness. Now, after the pandemic, that number's increased from 90 to 150 million people. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Who were living with chronic and serious illness. And we're living longer. So if you think about the seniors, like by 2035, there's going to be 75 million people over the age of 65. In pain and suffering. Well, just normal aging. So you've got 75 million seniors over the age of 65 and only one out of three of that 75 million will have any end of life plans in place. So that means 52 million people by 2035 will not have planned for end of life. So this sets the stage for anybody with a chronic illness 
or anybody who hasn't planned for end of life to not die well. And they, this is why these two demographics are the most vulnerable demographic with low quality of life and un unnecessary suffering. And so for these reasons, I realized that we had to do something about death and dying. And, you know, we know that the mortality rate is hundred percent. It's going to, it's going to happen to and everybody, right? It's, it's as natural as being born, right? <laughs> so, we celebrate, we celebrate births. I mean, we're even, you know, celebrating, you know, the gender of our babies before they're born. Um, but when it comes to dying, we're being robbed because how we perceive death. So we're being, we're robbing ourselves of a normal human experience called death. So with Haven, my hopes were really to change the way that we view death. Um, so, you know, we don't have to suffer miserably. We can, we can have reverence for this. We can embrace it. And we in this with Haven, it's really easy because it's all we do is, is start the conversation with someone. And when some people remember who they are, they remember their value and all the hearts that they've touched along the way. And that changes their last chapter magically. <laughs> right. It's beautiful. It's a, it, it gives light to what would normally be a very for a lot of people is a very dark experience doesn't have to be right right you also have a digital legacy therapy for advanced care planning and you say that it improves that improves a person's quality of life can you tell us a little bit about that maggie sure so as that clinical nurse specialist as i explained at the very beginning of our talk um i was really trained to use clinical research to translate that to help people so when I was thinking about what this platform was going to look like, I put my little nursing cap on and I created the platform that was rooted in evidence-based science that's proven to increase quality of life for not only a patient, but for the family. And I did this by infusing something called legacy therapy into the underpinnings of the platform. And it helps people and their families start to have these necessary conversations that we talked about earlier around death and dying. And it all happens with the life review. And when people start to talk about their life, they feel better. Fabulous. So in that way, Haven is addressing emotional needs of the dying and, and, and the family and all, and the people surrounding them. How is it also addressing the spiritual and social needs so that it's supporting the whole person and engaging the patient and family in their own care and improving the person. So we're kind of talking about how it's changing everything that happens around the perception of death, right? Yes. Um, well, first of all, when you got to understand the whole concept um, that occurs when somebody um, starts to age or after they're diagnosed with a certain illness. Oftentimes um, they lose their sense of self and they start to identify themselves as an illness or as a condition and they forget who they are. And in fact, like even with caregivers, you know, I've been guilty of it, you know, myself, like, you know, when we're talking about our patients, we're like, oh, the breast cancer patients down here, the heart failure patients down here. 
So um, with this legacy therapy, um, it helps patients to separate themselves out from their illness. Um, and, you know, oftentimes when somebody loses their sense of self, it affects everything. It affects their, that whole mind, body, spiritual connection. And the platform, you know, through this life review helps people remember who they are, the life they live. And this occurs by just stepping in through this process that helps them bring everything into a clear focus into the reality of who they really are. So in this way, they can separate themselves away from the illness and, you know, and they can understand that I'm more than my disease or their illness. I'm still the same person I was before I was diagnosed. I just have this illness. Right, right. And I still have the same life experiences. And when this happens, it gives them the opportunity to gain a new perspective on their life, which gives them purpose really up into their dying breath. So at the end of the day, I feel like our platform empowers people to have choices and it helps them broach the subject of death and dying. And when that happens, it dissipates the fear around it. Um, so when they do die, it's a more peaceful and meaningful death when the time comes. Right. And they're in a way ready, more ready for it as mm -hmm. are their loved ones, everyone who's around them. Maggie, what is the Maggie Gannon message about the importance of healing that you'd like to share with our listeners? Wow. Um, well, healing for me is a process and it takes time. Um, you know, after losing my sister and, you know, other friends and family at a very young age. Um, it's it definitely healing through that loss. It took time. You know, if, if somebody cuts off your arm, you don't ever get over it. You learn to adjust <laughs> and move forward. So there's always this disassembling and rearranging and learning how to, you know, to make do. And it's, it's, it happened in really small chunks. And I noticed that one positive step forward made me feel so much better. It didn't take the pain away entirely, but it made it more doable. So, you know, it's, it's learning how like right after somebody died to feel that acute, deep pain, um, just grounding myself and taking it one breath at a time. And then it's, you know, one minute at a time. And then it's one day at a time. And then suddenly you look back and I think, wow, I'm so grateful that I had that experience. It was painful, but I wouldn't have traded that dance for anything. Right. right. That, that's a process and it, it right. does take time. And uh, if you need help to process it, there are many wonderful people who are going to the like podcast website. Thank you. And, and, and you'll find someone who can help you. So you just, my whole, my whole, um, thesis, so to speak, is that you don't have to live your life in suffering. There are ways that you can process it and move through. And look at what you're doing with your life after you've healed so much. Uh, you know, it's, and, and as, as so am I, you know. Um, Maggie, do you have a special offer you'd like to share with our listeners? And what are the best ways to connect with you in Haven? Yes, I do. Um, if anybody would like to create a legacy, um, they can receive a 10% discount. 
Um, and all you have to do is enter the promo code Irene and you'll get a 10% off at Haven. And if anybody- HVN.com, HVN? No, the, so the legacy, it's called HVNlegacy.com. HVNlegacy.com. If anybody would like to contact me or would like to read the illness narrative or have any questions at all, they can reach me at Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E, at hvnlegacy.com. Okay. And what is the Maggie tip for finding joy in life? I find joy in life being outside and just anything that I can do in nature. Like I live in Colorado. So those mountains, that's where I reconnect, whether it's, you know, if I'm riding up a mountain pass or I'm skiing down a mountain slope, that's where I find joy. I'm hooting and hollering. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. And you're in a good state to do it too. (laughs) You know, Maggie, I was surprised to learn that over 90 million Americans with serious illness experience low quality of life and unnecessary suffering as they approach and and navigate the end of life. Thank you for helping people to embrace that big elephant in the room so that they can lessen their fear and anxiety around death, making greater acceptance and better choices possible through hvnlegacy.com. And thank you from my heart for this incredibly helpful, really enlightening interview today. And You're here's welcome. a look. welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My <laughs> true pleasure. It's just wonderful. And here's <laughs> and here's a loving reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all grief and rebirth podcast episodes on irenewinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if you're watching here on YouTube, be sure to click subscribe below so you'll never miss an episode, as I like to say, to be continued. Many blessings. And bye for now. Mm-hmm.